Welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program, a production of Chosen People Ministries. On this program, you'll hear inspiring stories, learn about messianic apologetics, and discover God's plan for Israel and you. Now let's welcome our hosts, Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and Robert Walter, our New York Regional Director. Shalom, I'm Mitch Glazer. Thanks so much for joining us for the Chosen People Program. And we've been going through a great portion of the Old Testament probably your favorite book in the Bible, and you've probably memorized it, the book of Leviticus. (laughs) And uh, a lot of us really have a difficult time. Sometimes we skip over genealogies and we skip over all of the laws and judgments, Uh, but really there's some rich lessons to be learned in these passages. And uh, last week we learned about uh, the year of Jubilee and the sabbatical years and some great principles for life and even for business uh, that we learn uh, from these passages. There is a godly way for us to behave and uh, for us to have relationships, both personally and even commercially. And uh, in this passage today, we're going to look at Leviticus chapter 26 primarily. You have about 25% of the material. Leviticus 26 is about blessing and about 75% is about judgment. And uh, I have to admit, as a Jewish person, because the people being judged in this situation are my ancestors, physically and even spiritually, I, I just hate to even look at these chapters sometimes. And I think we have to be very careful about this. Actually, Deuteronomy 28, which is sort of a, a corollary chapter to Leviticus 26, which speaks about the judgments God would bring upon the Jewish people for disobedience to the Torah, to the five books of Moses. The uh, scattering from the land and the impact it will have on crops, and and uh, there's just so much in there. So let me just cut to the chase, Bobby, if you don't mind. I'm going to just hit it on the head from the very start. So some people say that the Holocaust was a result of Israel's disobedience to the Torah. And I would just like to be very clear that I think that that's wrong. And the reason it's wrong is because it's not in the Bible. You are now interpreting a horrible hardship that the Jewish people went through that is not actually in the Bible. We have to be very careful that we do not go outside the boundaries of the Bible. Uh, We have to be very careful about how we talk about the fulfillment of judgment, the fulfillment of prophecy. And uh, we really need to stay within bounds. And the bounds are the Old and the New Testament. And so when we go beyond that, we're taking a risk. And so we have to be very careful when we say that these judgments fell upon the Jewish people because of the, in these specific actions. So we're going to be talking about blessing and judgment. We'll be talking about Israel's disobedience. And there's no doubt that God said that there were consequences to disobedience. And uh, Bobby's going to fill us in a little bit about the grace that is underlying even God's judgments, because we have a God of justice and holiness, but we also have a God of grace. Mm -hmm. And you can't understand God's judgments without understanding God's covenant loyalty, which is founded and grounded in the Abrahamic covenant. And so, uh, Bobby, welcome. And uh, this is going to be a uh, not a difficult uh, study, but it's pretty meaty and pretty weighty and something that we really need to handle very carefully for our friends who are listening uh, today. Yeah, 
Yeah, I agree, Mitch. And uh, and shalom and welcome, everyone. We're we're very happy that you're joining us. And like Mitch said, this is uh, this is some weighty uh, weighty matters uh, in the Torah in the first five books. And uh, it w- the the entire portion. We're actually finishing up the book of Leviticus today. So I'm just going to read very quickly here some of these verses from Leviticus 26, uh, verses 44 and 45. It says this: Yet in spite of this. Okay, well, in spite of what? In spite of all of the judgments that will come upon Israel because of her disobedience. Yet in spite of this, when they are in the land of their enemies, I will not reject them, nor will I so abhor them as to destroy them, breaking my covenant with them. For I am the Lord their God, but I will remember for them the covenant with their ancestors, whom I brought out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the nations, that I might be their God. I am the Lord. Amen. And that's built upon Genesis chapter 12 and 15 and 17 and 22 and all the way through the lives of Isaac and Jacob and reiterated in the Torah and in the prophets and in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Uh, We learn that God will never forget or forsake his promises. In Romans eleven twenty nine, we read that he will be faithful to the Jewish people because of the patriarchs. Well, what does he mean by that? God made a covenant with Abraham. And in that covenant, God said that uh, seven different things, I won't go through all of them, I just want to go through a few of them. But number one, the Jewish people would be a people and they would never be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Number two, the Jewish people will have a land. And even if they were tossed out of the land, the Jewish people would be brought back to the land and ultimately would have the land. Then the Jewish people also uh, were to be a light to the nations. They were to, uh, through the Jewish people, all peoples will be blessed. So the Jewish people, in effect, were a bridge of redemption to the entire world, a light to the nations. And Finally, the Jewish people were to have a relationship with God. That's implicit in the Abrahamic covenant that the Jewish people will one day ultimately uh, have a relationship with God that will never disappear. Now, all of these, all of these promises come to fruition through Christ. So none of the promises of God for the Jewish people or for any of us individually, but certainly not for the Jewish people as a nation, come without Jesus. It's always going to be through and in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, he is the penultimate seed of Abraham. Right. And so it's always through Jesus. And that's what Paul writes in Romans eleven twenty five and following. In that day, all Israel will be saved. Well, from what? From sin. How? Through Jesus. Mm-hmm. So there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. There is an exclusivity in Christ that actually began with the Old Testament. Now, in light of all this, I think there are a couple of uh, things we can learn about the character of God that really help us understand this theme of judgment, but yet blessing. So first of all, God is a good father. You can't read the book of Leviticus without understanding that. And no father wants his kids to grow up and reject the principles for living a good and wholesome life that he provided. God gave his commandments to the Jewish people out of love. Deuteronomy 7, he chose the Jewish people not because we were the greatest in number, but the fewest in number, not because we deserved his love, but because God chose to love us. 
God's grace always implies that whom he loves, he chooses. He chooses whom he loves. Mm. Love is something that God initiates within himself, and it's nothing that we ever deserve. God loves, and God loves the Jewish people, and out of his love gave the Jewish people commandments so that they knew how to live a life. And, uh, and of course, there were consequences because it's like telling your kid, don't touch the flame. You're going to get burned. And God gave constant warnings, don't touch the flames, obey the commandments, or you're going to get burned. And in a sense, God does bring judgment, but sometimes the judgment is simply allowing us to experience the repercussions of our actions. Mm. I think Paul describes that in, in that downward spiral at the end of Romans chapter 1. So God gave his commandments actually to preserve order and harmony so that his people, the Jewish people, could enjoy life to its fullest, the way God intended. He's also a jealous husband, and God made a covenant with the Jewish people and viewed Israel as his wife, and Israel's unfaithfulness hurts God. And as he watched the Israelites chase after other gods, but you can see from the book of Hosea, that was not a cause for God to reject this covenant, this unconditional, timeless covenant that he made with Abraham. And then, like a relentless husband, God treated his wayward people with mercy by wooing the children of Israel back by his grace, his love and forgiveness and the promise of redemption through the Messiah, uh, Jesus. And so we must understand that God is a good God. He is a just God. He is a holy God, but also that he's a God of chesed, covenant loyalty, grace. Uh, we never deserve his love. We never deserve his blessing, but he chooses to give it to us because he loves us. And so you have both warnings, judgments, and then ultimately uh, the Jewish people experience uh, his grace. And so I think Leviticus chapter 26 needs to be read and understood in light of judgment upon wrongdoing, but constant grace and the fulfillment of promises uh, for the Jewish people, as God promises to turn their hearts to his son in the end of days. We are working towards that. We're proclaiming the gospel in chosen people ministries all over the globe. We are laying the groundwork. We're planting the seed in the hearts of Jewish people, but only God himself can bring them uh, to himself through his son. And that's what we eagerly look forward to. And honestly, my brothers and sisters who are listening, that's what we need you to pray for, to support, and to be part of, to participate in it. That great work of seeing God bring his chosen people back to himself. Uh, who's still alive now, survived a different concentration camp. He weighed just 70 pounds as a, a grown man. It was because of them and their experiences during the war in the Holocaust that I knew that I was Jewish and uh, couldn't imagine myself not being Jewish. My sense of Jewishness came much more from my heritage. Before I began following Jesus, my only interest in the Bible, I have to admit, was to use its pages to uh, roll up cigarettes. We would go to synagogue, not very often, but uh, for the high days and holy days. But then the next day we would eat bacon and we would enjoy it. And we didn't feel that we were doing anything particularly disobedient. That was just how we were as Jews. 
My father is quite a, a well-known politician in Britain, uh, Michael Howard. For a while, he was the leader of the Conservative Party and fought the 2005 general election against Tony Blair. People say that young people think they're immortal, invincible, and they're never going to die. But for me, it wasn't like that. I was very conscious of death. My thoughts would turn to the inevitability of death and how that made everything pointless. I knew that after I died, whenever I did die, I would just be completely forgotten. And it bothered me a huge amount when I was 13, 14, 15, to the point where occasionally it made me extremely depressed, just no joy in anything. And uh, it weighed very heavily on me. The preparation classes for my bar mitzvah had left me cold. They were very uh, lacking in answers to life. He lifted up that anyone who believes in him may have eternal life. My eyes popped out of my head and I was gripped by every word he said because he was talking about eternal life. So I went up to him after the talk and said, this sounds, this sounds great, this sounds amazing, um, but uh, I'm Jewish. So uh, I suppose it's not for me. I just, I couldn't see myself breaking with my Jewish heritage. He said, that's not a problem at all. Jesus was Jewish. He's the Jewish Messiah, the promised Messiah of Israel. He's the one the Jewish people were waiting for for centuries. This uh, problem of death and oblivion was solved when I began following Jesus and received eternal life. I knew that there was a history of Christians persecuting Jews. Did Jesus himself want that persecution to happen? Well, of course not. To follow the Jewish Messiah, the promised Messiah, that is the most Jewish thing that anyone can do. There is nothing more Jewish than following your own Messiah. You might imagine that someone who is only ever good would be maybe, maybe a little boring, but it's not the case with Jesus. He is good, but not in a, in a dull way. He's always getting into interesting situations. He's always saying extraordinary things which you can think about for days. And he is magnetic. Once again, you're listening to The Chosen People. And we've discovered in listening uh, to these stories over the past year how God is... You know, the latest um, archaeological discoveries and, and things like this. But it's a, it's a great way to just uh, stay up to speed on uh, what's happening uh, in Israel. Uh, and then, of course, through Chosen People Ministries, again, we have a number of opportunities where you can come and serve with us. Uh, so one, one of the great ways that, uh, that you can do that is by joining us on one of our short-term uh, mission opportunities. Be strong, be strong, and let us be strengthened. And in the Messiah, we know that we can only be strengthened in and through Him, in and through Jesus, our Savior and our God. Have the things you've heard on this program piqued your curiosity about the Jewish roots of Christianity? What about the Messianic Jewish faith? Maybe you're curious to learn how the Jewish holidays point to the fulfillment of Jesus? Well then, be sure to sign up for our weekly e-newsletter, Inside Israel. You'll receive weekly updates about our ministry, including videos, links to our podcast, a summary of the latest news coming out of Israel, 
a variety of downloadable resources, discounts in our online store, and so much more. So sign up today when you go online to chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com radio. You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. This program can be heard every weekend right here on your local radio station, or you can catch it online 24 hours a day, seven days a week, when you visit us at chosenpeople.com radio. And to stay connected with us throughout the week, be sure to check us out on your favorite social media platform. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And if learning more about Israel, the Jewish people, and Jesus is something that's stirring your heart, then be sure to ask for your copy of our latest booklet. We'll send it to you free of charge when you call us at 888-2-YESHUA, Y-E-S-H-U-A, the Hebrew name for Jesus. That number again is 888-293-7482. Or you can also request a copy online when you visit us at chosenpeople.com radio. And then be sure to come back next week for a special holiday message. We'll be discussing Shavuot, or what most believers call Pentecost. It's going to be an engaging and eye-opening message, and you will not want to miss it. But first, let's wrap up today's message with the ironic benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem shall Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace.